friends. Welcome to the Skyline Church Podcast. I'm Jonathan Middlebrooks, one of the pastors here at Skyline Church. Skyline is a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. We're committed to seeing revival in our city sparked through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. These sermons are specific to that purpose and in the context of our unique community. We hope that it might bless you in some way. Enjoy. So I don't know if you've noticed this morning or not, but we have some guests with us um, that have t-shirts on that say HIA. Yeah. Boom. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. It's awesome. So welcome. Hope is alive. Uh, They're good friends of ours. And uh, we invited them this Sunday to take our message time to share with you their vision and their ministry, which launched in Oklahoma City, but has since gone regionally and nationally. And uh, some of the most incredible people I've ever met. And uh, I've been blessed to know Lance and Allie Lang and to get to know them as friends. And um, man, incredible people. So uh, yes. So, I know you're going to be blessed, and uh, yeah, Lance, will you come up here, and Allie, are you, are you both coming just to you? Okay, perfect. It's yours. This guy, can I pray for you real quick? So, Jesus, thank you for Hope is Alive. Thank you for Lance and Allie and their leadership and their vision and their passion, and Lord, thank you for every single person who's, who works for Hope is Alive, who's come into these houses. Lord, would you place your favor on them? And today, uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would speak through Lance directly to our hearts and every person who comes up on here at stage. Um, God, just speak through them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, good morning. How we doing? Very good. Awesome. Have you ever been surrounded by this many drug addicts in your entire life? They're everywhere. They've invaded the church. Wow. Is that okay? Amen. It is okay. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Right, friends? Man, I'm so thankful to be here. I love, love, love your pastor. He is such a dear friend and Pastor Jonathan and Annie. And look at this. He's a utility player as well. Excellent. Luke, can you bring up my Bible? It's right behind you, my friend. I, um, I've just been so impressed and so thankful and grateful for Pastor Jonathan and Annie's friendship and their support. What I absolutely love about him is that you can feel and sense the Holy Spirit through his heart in every single conversation. Nod your head if you're with me, church. He is a good shepherd. He is a great leader. He's an unbelievable pastor. He has a heart for the broken. He has a heart for this city. And I just want for a second, if we could just give some honor and praise to your pastor, Pastor Jonathan Middlebrooks, his wife, Annie. Uh, We love them so very much and so thankful for you. Um, You're a great man. Thank you for everything, and thank you for this honor and opportunity to be here with you this morning. Well, my name is Lance Lang. I'm the founder and the executive director of Hope is Alive. And just right out the gate, I want you to know that the best thing about Hope is Alive is my wife. She is the absolute best thing about our ministry, and she is... um, She is our COO. She runs everything. All the things that you're going to hear today, all the stories are God-breathed, but she is the operational coordinator and manager and COO extraordinaire of the whole thing. And I want to give honor where honor is due because a lot of times I get to be the mouthpiece of the ministry she leads. 
And I'll say that again because I, I get to be the mouthpiece of the ministry that she leads. And I just want you to know I'm proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. And I can't wait to see this little baby in about five weeks as well. So let's go. Let's go. I promised God we would give him all the glory and praise every time I got a mic in my hand for the goodness and the faithfulness and the miracle that he's produced in the seed of a son in my wife's stomach right now. So thank you, God, for that. Um, God loves to turn our pain into purpose. He loves to turn our pain into purpose. He's the originator, the founder, if you will, of taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it into such, such good. And I hope today that you'll be blessed by what you hear about Hope is Alive and the stories that have come from it and all the things that we do. And I really hope and pray that maybe there's someone in this audience that we can help, either in this room or someone that's connected to someone in this room. But more than anything, I hope we can hide behind the cross and point all praise and honor to Jesus and remember and be reminded in a profound way that you are never too far gone. Your life is never too dark. The sins that you've committed are never too great for God to begin to write a new story in your life. To put a new song in your mouth. And that's what God did to me and for me. Psalms 42 says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the mud and the mire. He put my foot on the rock. He steadied me as I was wavering and he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to thee. It says that many will hear this new song and put their faith and trust in the Lord. April 27, 2011, God put a new song in my mouth. After a decade of drug addiction, leading me up to 50 prescription pain pills a day that I had to take just to feel a semblance of normalcy. Most of you don't understand that, but there's about 50 people in this room that can nod their head with me that understand that very clearly. Just to feel normal. But God rescued me. And he put that new song in my mouth. And I couldn't help but to sing that song every single day. And someone needs to know this this morning. You have a story to tell. You've got a ministry to begin. You've got something that God wants to do in and through you and take your pain and use it for great purpose. And so very early on in my sobriety, I felt a calling, if you will, to begin to help other men and women radically change their lives. And so I invited five men to come and live in a home here in Oklahoma City. And I think my friend, we have a picture of me and those five guys. This is Lance Pre-Beard. That will... Um, Allie promises you'll never see that again. I'm not sure why. I think I look fine, but me and those five guys um, began this ministry in February of 2013. And right, if you're following any of the news, right at the beginning, if you will, of the opiate epidemic. I'm a product of that. If you've seen any of the documentaries, the news show, I'm that guy. And many of my friends are as well. I got swooped up in the middle of that. And so God began to bless it. And there was a great need, an exponential need. And one home turned to two, turned to three, turned to four. Just Friday night, we opened home number 24 in 10 cities, in five states. Then we got a slide of all the homes all across the country. God has done amazing things in eight and a half years. And many, many, many people in this room are a huge, huge part of this story that God is writing through Hope is Alive.
Over 215 residents radically changing their lives today. Amazing. I think we got a picture of kind of the whole group just so you can kind of get some context from those five guys to this huge group of wild and crazy drug addicts on fire for Jesus. What a story. Only he can write, amen? Only he can write. But most importantly of anything and everything that we get to share today is that hundreds and hundreds of people have put their faith in Jesus Christ. We've been able to baptize many of them. This is probably my favorite picture. Just a small little picture, a collage, if you will, of the hundreds of people that have come to put their faith in Jesus Christ and take a step towards publicly proclaiming that in baptism. God has done amazing things through our ministry. Many of you can see the baseball cards that we brought and we put in their chairs. You can see the before and after pictures. And that's really what's going to happen here over the next 10 or 15 minutes is you're going to hear some stories of what God has done in the lives of a couple of our residents. You're going to hear where they were and what he did and what he's doing today in their lives. And so we're so excited for you all to be able to be a part of this and to hear these incredible testimonies. And I want you to know before I get off the stage, thank you for this opportunity. Not many churches would allow us to come in and to take over and to bring all of our folks in, but we felt very welcome this morning, didn't we, gang? And we're so excited to be here. This young man that's about to come up here, in fact, I want you to come on up here right now, Trevor, come on up here. So... Trevor, as you prepare, I'm going to ask my friends out here to prepare. This is Trevor's first time telling his story in front of a church this this size. Would you just nod your head and smile a little bit with him this morning? Help him feel welcome. He's going to do an amazing job. I love you. My friend Trevor Mathis, make some noise. Well, good morning, y'all. Oh, it's my first time. Um, I just want to thank y'all for uh, having us. It's an honor to be here. Um, a little nervous, so just bear with me. Um, I'm just going to tell y'all a little background of my story and uh, just hope to speak some truth into somebody's life today. Um, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I grew up there. Um, I grew up in a normal family. Uh, from a very young age, I wanted to be different. And uh, by different, I mean I just didn't want to be like y'all. I wanted to be like, well... I like a lot of y'all. Um, I just, uh, I didn't feel right in my own skin. Uh, my mom died when I was about four years old. Had a lot of tragedies growing up. And from then on, I just thought I wanted to be different. I wanted to be what you wanted me to be, you know, growing up. This is long before drugs and alcohol. I just wanted to be the popular kid. I wanted to be the smart kid. I wanted to be the athletic kid. Whatever it was in school that everybody else was doing, I wanted to do. And just uh, through school, I... Uh, I was a troublemaker. I, uh, I think it started real early. My, uh, my addiction started way before alcohol and drugs. Um, I just, going through school, I just defied my parents. I defied any authority that was in my way. I didn't, I didn't care to listen to them or whatnot. Um, about the age of 14, I uh, started, started smoking marijuana and drinking. You know, occasionally, I didn't think there was a problem with it. And uh, I started getting in trouble. I, uh, getting kicked out of school, you know, getting in trouble with the law, no real repercussions yet, just, just doing, doing what I thought was right, what I thought was okay, and uh, come to find out later, it's not okay. Um, you know, getting through high school, junior, senior year, I started getting locked up in jails. I, uh, you know, started getting real distant from the people I loved. Uh, never, never really knew God till I got to Hope is Alive and to this 
this great place, and I uh, didn't know where to find him either. And I didn't want to find him. I didn't want any relationship with him. And um, I just, uh, just going through life on my terms, not anybody else's terms. I didn't want to hear it from anybody else. My, uh, my parents are really great people. You know, they never did drugs, never did alcohol. I never was raised in that lifestyle. I just didn't care to listen to how they wanted to, uh, how to raise me. I wanted to raise myself. And um, I just started doing, I started drinking every day about the age of 17. Um, started smoking weed, doing cocaine, doing whatever it was around. Whatever they had, I wanted. Yeah, I like it all. Um, so I, uh, I was doing that every day, and I was also, uh, I was hanging around the wrong crowd, you know. Uh, there's a place in Dallas that's not a very good place to be at for any human being, let alone me. Um, and I started hanging out with those guys, and I was uh, just doing, doing stuff that would later on land me in jail for a couple years, and just a lifestyle that I didn't want, but I didn't know how to get out of either. At this point, I'm full-fledged just doing everything every day, all day, not talking to my parents. My dad actually got diagnosed with cancer. Um, in the middle of my addiction, and uh, I didn't know how to bear with it, so I never went and seen him the whole time. He beat it, thank the Lord. I think, I think God touched, touched him and touched me, and that I couldn't lose my dad this early, so that's great, but I didn't, I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to have anything to do with him, and so I'm just, I'm taking off, you know? I'm on my way. You know, I thought jail would change me. A lot of people say, I'm in jail, you can't find drugs, you can't find alcohol. That's a lie. You can find it all, and it's a lot better. Um, so, I I never got sober, you know, and when I got out of jail, uh, I just hit the ground running, you know, selling drugs, hanging out with those type of people, and just so distant from God and my family that my, pa my parents didn't even know my voice when I called them one night. It's about 4 a.m., I called my parents, and I'm like, I need help, and my dad's like, who is this? Because I didn't know who else to call, because um, it's 4 a.m., and who's going to answer the phone and come get you? Because I don't have any real friends. When you're in your addiction, you don't have any real friends. You're all alone. You think they're your friends, but they're really not. And so I called him, and I said, I need help. And he said, well, if I come get you right now, you're going to rehab the next day. I was like, whatever it takes, because at that point, I was so broken that I wanted to kill myself. And I just, I didn't want to live with myself. I couldn't live with myself. That's why I did the things I was doing. And he came and got me, and I just broke down crying. And I went to detox the next day, spent 45 days in a rehab that I didn't want to be at. It was... I didn't like it, but <laughs> I didn't want to be sober. I just wanted to get out the situation I was in. I just wanted to go somewhere else and try it. Um, in rehab, uh, it's, uh, they do a lot of correlation with Hope is Alive, and they're like, do you think you can go home? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go home. And they're like, do you think you'll stay sober? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't have a plan to stay sober. I didn't want to stay sober. I just wanted to get the heat off my back. And I, uh, you know, I talked to my parents, the, uh, the rehab talked to my parents, and I was like, all right, I'll go try it. I'll stay out there for six months, right? I, like all of us say, we're going to come to Hope is Live for a couple months to get the heat off our back, and then we're going to leave and go back to, and many of us do, but many of us stay. I got to Hope is Live, didn't, didn't like the program, didn't want anything to do with living with eight guys. I've been living with guys for a long time, and I did not want to keep doing it. Um, and I just, uh, I... I was following what they told me to do, but I wasn't really doing it. I uh, didn't have God in my life. I was still agnostic at that point. I didn't want to hear anything about God. And uh, just going through the ropes, about six months ago, I decided that uh, something needs to change. I went out, I went and got back drunk. I got drunk again. And I, um, 
I figured it was, it was the worst time of my life six months ago. Like that drunk was worse than any others. And you know what the crazy part is that there are so many men in this room right now that reached out to me and brought me back to the homes because I didn't want to come back to the homes, but they said, it, they said they still accepted me for who I am and they always will. So I, I, um, I came back into the homes and I decided that I wanted to go find a God. I didn't know who God was. I didn't know where to find him, but I did. Uh, and I, I just started praying on my knees hands on, at night and in the morning. I just started praying, man, and just asking him to touch my heart, change my heart. I got a, there's a, there's a very good man in this room that's took me very far in scripture right now, and he, he, he's a big uh, help in my life. And, uh, you know, just every day, he, uh, he does that for me, man. And he's a very, you know, Lance and Allie are great examples of what Hope is Alive can do in a person's life, especially you, Lance. Um, so just, you know, six months ago is really where it changed for me. Hope is Alive has done more in my life than anything else. I think, uh, I think the reason I found God today is because of what Hope is Alive has done through future graduates and people like that. Um, I got saved about two months ago and I got baptized about two weeks ago. And my life has changed drastically. I've never been more happy than I am today because of what God can do in my life and what he does do in my life. And it's, it's surrendering everything to God. It's not surrendering what you want to God. It's surrendering every aspect of your life to God. And uh, with that, I can, I can stay happy. And when, I mean, there's rough times. Everybody has rough days. But I know how to overcome and I know who to talk to when I, when I am having a rough day. And it's just between the grace of God and what Hope is Alive has done, I have radically changed my life. And I thank y'all for that. So good. Praise God. So good. Man, now I got his phone. Uh-oh. So good though, right, friends? One of my favorite things that, that I've been able to pick up from Alcoholics Anonymous is that when you're in the rooms, they say, listen for the similarities, not the differences. And I just felt God saying that this morning. Let's listen for the similarities, not the differences. And so as I hear that story, I felt some trauma in my life. I've had some tragedy in my life. I can find the similarities. And I would imagine that there's probably a handful of moms and dads in this room who maybe have gotten a phone call at 4 a.m., we want you to know at Hope is Alive, we're not just helping recovering addicts and alcoholics through our homes and the 18 month program that they go through to help radically change their lives. We're also working with those that love them. See, our mission, mission statement is to radically change the lives of drug addicts and alcoholics and really important, those that love them. The those that love them part are many of you that might have a brother or sister or a mom, or a dad, or a son, or a daughter. And just real quick, Wes, if we could throw that slide up there. Finding hope support groups are what we provide for the family. This is really important to me because I know there's people in this room 
that need to start attending a free support group for loved ones of addicts held in a church where we can talk about Jesus and we can pray to the ultimate healer and the shepherd that chases after that lost sheep because I've been that lost sheep. And so we've got some folks in the back and if you need assistance for yourself or someone you love, please come and talk to us about finding hope. It's the fastest growing side of our ministry with I think over 30, yeah, 36 groups in seven states. The book has been translated to Spanish. It's, it's a really, really important part of our organization because it's the forgotten aspect of addiction. Moms and dads and loved ones of addicts. Thank you, Trevor. You killed it, bro. You did a great job. Did a great job. All right. Come on up here. I'm so excited for you to hear from this young lady. She is an absolute inspiration. She's a tremendously hard worker. She's got a phenomenal testimony. Will you lean in and smile and give a very big welcome to Bonnie White. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, everyone. Um, I just want to start off by saying that I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be in front of you guys and have the privilege of um, touching your heart, maybe. Um, my name is Bonnie. Uh, I grew up in Enid, Oklahoma. It's a small town. Um, I was an only child, kind of your star student. I like to say that my family put all their eggs in the same basket with me. So, um, anyways, um, so I grew up having a normal life, but with a single mother, to me that was normal. Um, I was a basketball player, popular, um, when I turned 13, my mom picked me up from school one day and um, she told me that my dad had committed suicide. And as much as I like to pretend that it didn't affect me, hindsight 2020 tells me otherwise. Um, I fell in love at 14 um, and started doing things that 14 year olds shouldn't be doing. And um, fast forward, I was still a star student, straight A student. I graduated with a full ride scholarship to Northwestern and um, still had the same boyfriend. Um, went to Northwestern, stayed there for three and a half years and ended up getting pregnant my senior year of college there. Um, that's when the partying started for me, was at Northwestern, drinking, smoking weed. Um, I also got prescribed a um, benzodiazepine from, I had a panic attack in a physics exam. Um, looking back, who wouldn't, right? Um, but uh, I, uh, so anyways, got pregnant and um, after I had my son Camden, uh, even though from the outside it appeared like it was like a normal family life with me and his dad, um, it was not. Um, there was abuse in the household and I was on, um, addicted to opiates. Um, I wrecked a couple of cars in that period of time. Um, luckily was fine, but um, eventually it became obvious to everybody that there was a huge problem going on. Um, I couldn't have a conversation with you without nodding out, so I went to treatment. My family sent me across the country to Florida and said, well, we're gonna get you some help. And I said, okay, I'll get some help. Um, I relapsed the day that I got home. I just wasn't ready. And um, 
when I relapsed this time, it was hard, and I, I switched out the opiates for methamphetamines. Um, I started um, injecting them from day one. Um, so I was hiding it for a little while, but that's a little bit hard to hide from people that know you. Um, I dropped 100 pounds, um, and I was down to 100 pounds. And um, looking back, um, I mean, obviously, look at that picture. It's terrible. But um, when I, I really started going psychotic and going into psychotic episodes on the meth, um, I was one of those people that eventually I became homeless. My mom had custody of my son. And um, I was that person that walked around in the streets that you could not have a conversation with because I was totally out of my mind, you guys. Totally out of my mind. Um, sometimes I'd show up to my mom's to shower, maybe um, steal some jewelry to go pawn. Um, and that's about all that I was good for, was using people. Um, using people and hurting people. And when my son turned five years old, I decided that I had lost enough time and my grandpa passed away. And um, I had been in a psychotic episode for about a year. And I can't really explain to you guys what that looks like, but when I say psychotic, I mean out of my mind. Um, and so I finally got some help here in the state of Oklahoma. Who would have thought I didn't have to leave the state to get some help this time? I was ready. Um, I heard about Hope is Alive through a girl I was in treatment with, and I thought, okay, this sounds pretty good. You know, she said the faith blew through me there. I was like, okay, I want, that sounds pretty good. I didn't really know what that meant, but I thought it sounded pretty cool. Uh, so I gave it a try. I came here. Um, I got baptized by Lance. I've start. Thank you, guys. I've started to get to know um, that I don't have to fight for victory because Christ is. I get to fight from it. He already won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he already won. Um, I get to enjoy that. I get to thank him. And sometimes, you know, the Satan, the enemy, tries to tell me, "Oh, look, you are. Look what you did." Um, and I'm I just remind myself that Jesus already paid for that. You know, he already paid for that. He, he got it for all of us. You know, he took the burden on him and learning that has changed my whole mind. I know that whatever I focus on, that's what my life is going to become. So through hope is alive. It's given, has given me something to focus on. Um, and that's helping other people. And I learned that because we have program managers here at Hope is Alive, and they work with us every single day. When I came to Hope is Alive, I thought I was a star student here until one day my program manager sat me down and started telling me about all these things that needed to be worked on. And they bring these things to our attention so that we can become better people. You know, if we don't know that something's wrong, because addiction and alcohol, alcoholism is just the beginning. Like, just getting sober is just the start. Hope is Alive helps us work through all those inner turmoils that we started drinking and using because of. So, yeah, a lot of it started a long time ago. Um, and, and getting healing through that 
is, this is the only place doing that, seriously. I mean, I've been in other sober livings, other places, and this place has turned my life around. And like the pastor said, whenever something common can become sacred, I never knew that a game of football with my son could be so sacred. And, you know, yesterday, that's what we did all day long. My son has somebody now who can lead him to become who God needs him to be, you know, who he's going to be, because I can say, I can lead by example now. Um, And I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. And, you know, now I have friends. Last, um, two days ago, Friday, I got my year of sobriety. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I am back in school. I graduate from OSU in December, and I am, I am an intern here at Hope is Alive on the program team so that I can work with the ladies in the house one-on-one and help them become better versions of themselves. And without Hope is Alive, none of this would be possible. Come on. (laughs) We have a culture of feedback at Hope is Alive. I hope that's okay with y'all today. We kind of holler back a little bit. Um, Great job, Bonnie. You are an amazing young woman with an incredible future. You're an amazing mother. And we just pray and speak blessings over your life for years and years and years to come. Thank you for standing up here so vulnerably, both of you, and sharing your stories. Has it touched your hearts and souls today, friends? I hope it has. I really hope it has. You know, my prayer today, this morning, as I was praying and preparing is, yes, that you would be moved um, by the stories and, and hopefully even by the program and what God has done, but more than anything, that it would be a witness to the power of the gospel. In fact, I'd like you to help me with something. There's those baseball cards. Would you just grab one? Everybody, there's one close. Would you just grab it and, and have it on the, on the before side? Let's look at it from the before side real quick. Romans 5.8 says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has called us his co-workers. That means he's giving us an opportunity to come alongside him, to work with him. Now I want you to see that card and I want you to flip it over all together to be a part of change, to be a part of the gospel changing someone's life. Bonnie spoke about program managers, and Allie could tell you all about our incredible program. All of that is good and fine and well, and God has equipped us through it, but it's the power of the gospel that takes us from before to after. And that's probably the secret sauce, right? And on the back of some of our sweatshirts, I saw one earlier, a young man with the white sweatshirt, stand up. We believe this. Turn around and show him. Jesus is always the answer. And so, I just felt really convicted, Pastor, to say that this morning because there's a lot of opportunities to shy away from being faith-based. There's a lot of avenues and ways to grow where they would love for you to not check that box. But we believe that the power of the gospel 
is what changes people's lives. And the whole program and the houses and the staff, it's just an invitation and a mechanism, if you will, to bring more people in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so I say this today, I hope you've been moved, I hope you've been stirred, I hope you've been reminded that our God is still in the miracle working business. And I pray that you and your family would really consider joining us in this fight. With the simplest thing of adopting a home, talking to Andrew and Jackson here, we call them Andrew Jackson, about how to sign up to be an adopt-a-house partner. You're bringing a meal, but you're bringing the gospel. Signing up to come and bring some toilet paper or paper towels. You're bringing supplies, but you're really bringing the gospel. And carry that out in your lives today. We're so, so incredibly thankful for this opportunity to be here. We're gonna close up with this short video. Thank you, Pastor. Well, my name is Ruby Gothy. My son is Mark West. He was all boy. I remember baseball. <laughs> and this was t-ball age, and we had a coach, and he would stand at first base and hold up candy and say, run this way. Because <laughs> they were so young, but they loved, you know, playing ball. My name is Cindy Rush, and I have a husband, Lynn, and I have two daughters, Julie and Sarah. They're three years apart. Julie was obviously my firstborn, and she was so much like me. I think even as a baby, my mom would tell me she was a lot like me. I just remember that time. She and I graduated on the same day. I graduated from college and she graduated from high school on the same weekend, actually. And that was just really special. And I just remembered her going off and thinking she's gonna have such a great life. Well, that's my boy. When he went to jail for Stealing, stealing to pay for his drug habit. In Julie's active addiction, she chose to check out from our family. These pictures were the only pictures um, that I saw of her for most of about five years. Hope is Alive came to our church, and I went and I told Mark in jail the next visiting, you know, I'll take you from jail to there. Ultimately, she spent a year and a half in our correctional system here in Oklahoma for her crime. As it got closer to her release, and I said, we will get you phone conversation with with the folks at Hope is Alive and ask questions, get information, and when you're ready to make a decision, do so. And uh, that's what she did. It's pretty amazing now because he keeps me in line too. Through the CODA meetings, he's learned a lot about himself and I think that's fantastic. She is really a so much better version of herself now. I mean, she's become a person that I never knew she could even be. I'm so proud, so proud of how she's overcome such a horrible, horrible thing and 
I just can't wait to see what she does next. Ms. Mark, I'm so proud of you. It is such a joy to be able to talk to you and know that it's you. I, I want you to know that when I was in prison, I, I borrowed your faith a mm -hmm. lot. That's why I started praying, because you prayed for me. You just can't believe where they've come from and where they are today. And they wouldn't be in that position without everyone's help. I mean, the prayers, the money, the meals, the donations, any little bit, doesn't matter how big or small because it all has an impact on these folks getting their lives changed and getting their lives together and just getting their lives back. So there's just no better place to put, to put anything you have but into this ministry. beautiful story and so I just want to say thank you to Hope is Alive for letting us share um, in your story for showing up here. I, I love uh, the feedback culture. Um, I love how you guys support each other and I, it's just such a testimony to uh, what happens in someone's lives when people show up in their life and they cheer them on and support them and show. I mean it's just amazing and to me it's a picture of what the church could be. Right? And, and almost everybody I know who's gone through Alcoholics Anonymous is like, why isn't the church like this? And so today, uh, what I heard was just saying like, hey, this is the way Jesus has created us to love each other. And sometimes what happens, is it takes pain to wake us up to that. And so this morning, my heart's just awake to how much God loves us. And really by watching you all love each other is just such a beautiful thing, the story of Jesus, his love for us. So thank you for that. Um, there's so many ways you can get involved at Hope is Alive. Lance said, monthly donors, adopting a house, leading a Bible study, mentoring, all sorts of things. We're gonna uh, have Hope is Alive be one of our partners for our Christmas offering we take this year. So we take a big Christmas offering. So uh, you can wait for that. But I just want you to know, uh, they'll be here around, I don't know if you, one of the staff, oh, how many staff members we got here? We got a few. Raise your hand if you're on staff at Hope is Alive. There we go. Uh, you can grab one of them and they can tell you all about it, all the ways to get involved. Uh, but I wanna end just real quick, I want to pray for, for you guys. So if you're part of Hope is Alive, will you stand up? If you're, you're, there you go, look how many. Um, and so we're going to sing a closing song, but here's what I want to do if it's okay with you guys. I'd love for Skyline folks, will you just kind of gather around uh, these people, maybe lay a hand on their shoulder. I want to pray for them. So if you would, if you're a prayer, you're like, I don't mind praying for somebody. We just, or you just turn around. There might be somebody right behind you or right in front of you. Um, I just want to pray because I know how much courage and endurance it takes to walk this journey. So just come around them. We want them to feel loved and seen this morning. And if you're not able to get near them, just maybe reach out your hand. So Jesus, thank you for Hope is Alive. Thank you for this ministry that represents your hearts, your heart, Jesus, for the, for the broken. And God, we're so grateful that just like the prodigal son, when we find ourselves in a far country having wasted our inheritance, that the memory of your house awakens in our heart and we have a place to come home. 
So thank you that Hope is Alive is creating homes all across this country for people to come back to. And so, Lord, I just pray for the hearts of these folks. I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, encourage their heart this morning. Would you deposit faith right now for healing, for restoration, for reconciliation, for children to be restored to parents, for, for parents to be restored to children, God, for brothers and sisters. Lord, would you come and do your work this morning? So I pray this morning, Lord, if any of, of these who are in recovery feel discouraged, would you just lift their head this morning? Father, would you lift their head? You're the lifter of our head. And would you bring that hope in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So we're just going to sing, friends. We're going to sing to Jesus, and we're going to wrap up. The kiddos are going to come back and find their parents. But um, thank you, thank you, thank you for this morning. So would you guys just lead us in a closing song?